Welcome. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This is a double guest episode featuring Tease Mallon and Jack Graham of Living Room Theater. Get to know them to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by a certified bad business idea called Fake a Scene. Ever make a mistake in public and wish you could take the spotlight off of yourself? Well, now you can. Whether it's an important sales pitch or meeting your favorite professional wrestler, call Fake a Scene. We provide you with an appropriate distraction which can range from someone fake choking at the next table to a full-on zombie outbreak. Order our patented panic button at toacertaindegree.com and we'll make you look like the least appalling person in the room. Guaranteed. Hammock on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Blankets of Night, which is apropos of the dawning of a new day on Monday, uh, June 12th, let's say. Uh, good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. That was from the album Canotic, and I've got some very, very canotic guests today. I have no idea what that means. I'm assuming it's like kinetic <laughs> because it seems like you guys have a lot of energy. Jack Graham and T. Smallen are here. Good morning, both of you. Good morning, morning. Nick. And so we're going to talk a lot about some of the things you're here to talk about. So Living Room Theater, the Eller Institute, uh, Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts, mm -hmm. uh, Human Maintenance. But first, we're going to get to know you a little bit better because that's important to me because I don't know you at all. So I just blindly sort of emailed Tease and said, hey, do you want to come on a radio show in a basement early in the morning? And she said, yes. Of course. I, which is weird. I'm not used to girls saying yes. And I'm not used <laughs> Ask to people saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's play a quick game. Uh, it's sort of a 20 questions game. And what you're going to do is say, uh, rather than yes or no, if you're for something or against something, you're going to say off or running. So usually it's off and running. This is off or running. Because off is great. Uh, if you're a little bit off, that means you're a little bit weird and a little bit interesting. And also, you're turning things off. It's good for the environment. Electricity is, from what I understand, a resource that uh, we have limited amounts of. Uh, running, they just released a study. This is science, people. It's bad for you. So don't do it. Don't do it anymore. So that's why running is bad. Uh, also, uh, it's terrible for your knees. And I don't do it that often, obviously. So that's it. So off if you're for something, running if you're, wait, yeah, off if you're for something, running if you're against something. That's right. I right? think I've got it. Okay, got it. great. Uh, so some are blockbusters. We're in the middle of it. We just had a couple more open oh, up, no. Wonder Woman and all that. <laughs> well, how do you feel about them in general? Running. Running? I'm also a runner on that topic. Yeah. Uh, you don't yeah. like the, uh, you don't like the movies themselves or sort of this idea that you have these these big event movies that don't really mean anything. They're just for eating popcorn. I believe it's both. Okay. Yeah, the over-commercialized, just mass consumption sort of media. Not not for not for us. Okay. It, mm -hmm. My main objection is that it takes time away from other films. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so that's exactly if, it. If you were to flip that upside down, uh, I think we'd have a better world. Okay. That's, Perfect. That's what we're after. How do you feel about voicemail, off or running? Oh, voicemail. Mm -hmm. What's, oh, you mean the phone thing? <laughs> the yeah, phone the phone thing. thing. Oh. Does anybody still do that? Uh, I have a corporate job in the daytime, <laughs> up 27 years, and I have not checked my email at work in about three years. I mean, my voicemail. Okay, me. I was going to say. Yep. <laughs> I, I want your job right I, now. I think the only things that are probably there is that my boss leaves a voicemail when he goes on vacation. Oh, 
along with the email that you get to let you know that he's on vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty bad about checking my voicemail. Yeah. Like, I usually just call the person back and I right? go, hey, what do you need? Actually, just last night I left Jack a voicemail, <laughs> but then I had to follow it up with a Facebook message saying, hey, check your voicemail. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I don't think he did anyway. I didn't know where my phone was. <laughs> I like this. I like this as a bad business idea. So you leave a voicemail and then there's an automated system <laughs> that sends you a Facebook message, a text message. Uh, it calls you again to let you know that you have a voicemail. I want a courier pigeon. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> that's good. And then some smoke signals. Why not? Aw, uh, yeah. Okay. Off and running, colonizing Mars. Off or Ooh, running. So. Off, 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 definitely. Off. Okay. Yes. Good. You both going? Ah. Uh, I'm too old. I considered it. You're never too old <laughs> to go to Mars. I definitely want to go to the moon. I don't know about Mars because Mars is so final like you're there and that's it oh, i don't yeah, know if it's a it like if it's a, a one-way ticket final destination well you, like you heard like there's like a hundred people that are that are on their way or like they want to go yeah well no that they're going oh really yeah like a hundred people like was it a hundred maybe i'm shooting too high i think maybe it's like 20 something but there's actual people that are going and it's a one-way ticket and and they're doing this experiment between 20 and 100 people between yeah. 20, yes. are going to do that yeah um, <laughs> seems like the right amount of people what i like about that is now we've started to realize how evolution is driven by technology like all of a sudden we have the ability to talk to thousands of people at once uh but when we get to mars hey hey, hey this is my show we're talking to tens of people at once oh, <laughs> oh no uh, when we get to Mars, our we will our bodies will adapt to less uh, gravity, so we'll be sure. taller and uh, we'll eat different foods. We won't need hair on our bodies because we'll be completely inside <laughs> a, uh, a controlled environment all the, all the time. <laughs> well, then I'm not going because I've got way too much hair to go. Oh, no, it'll all fall out. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Do you imagine little bits of hair floating in the air? Yeah, we're going to be a little gross. <laughs> we're going to evolve real quickly. <laughs> well, I think that, okay, so another bad business idea here is instead of doing laser hair removal, just go to Mars. Go to Mars. <laughs> I like it. I think it's actually cheaper <laughs> than doing that. Uh, well, the laser thing is like repetitive, isn't it? It's repetitive and it hurts. Yeah. 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 My mom does mm. it. So she did that uh, to me one time. Uh, she did my whole back and then it <gasps> still looked like from the back I was wearing hair pants. <laughs> So that's that's probably more embarrassing than I needed this early in the morning. So let's move on. Uh, off or running summer camp? Off. Off, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Did you both participate in summer camp as kids? I went camp to... Camp Skyuka. What was yours? Skyuka. Skyuka. And what is it? It was just like regular camp? Just potatoes in the sky? Uh, a big <laughs> horse stepped on my left foot during the horseback riding <laughs> thing, and I spent the rest of the time with one crutch. And Wow. Did and you come fun? back with a wallet? I That's did come question. back with a wallet. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm carrying it right now. With a wallet. That's the wallet you made? No. Okay. Oh, that would be oh, amazing. Oh, oh, that's why. No, when I was <laughs> little, I went to um, arts and crafts. Yeah, no, I went to oceanography camp up in Maine, and we got to go whale watching, and we did studies on the water, and you know, basically school during the summer. But yeah. it was fun because I was just that kind of a nerd. See, I think mm. that that's the interesting thing about camps these days is when you and I were kids, it was kind of one flavor, and now you can do just about filmmaking anything. and comedy and oh, anything, awesome. oceanography, apparently. Yeah. Actually, that yeah. explains a lot of things about you, I've been wondering. Oh, does it? Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> I wanted to go to space camp so badly, I never got to. But, nice. Yeah, I was jealous. All right, how about uh, off or running zombies? Ugh, running. Running. Okay, so you're literally running. <laughs> I'm, literally. Not I'm not surprised that we're in the same place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
She's a lot faster than I am. Yeah. But she wears out easier. Oh. Yeah. She's a sprinter, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I am. You're in it for the marathon. He Slow is. and steady. Definitely. The that is totally Jack. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. So, uh, how about coffee? Are you both drinking coffee right now? I am tea? not. I'm drinking tea. Um, for health reasons, you know, yeah. but I, I do love me some tea. So off on the coffee, just not every day. Off on the coffee. I drink it for health reasons yes. and I try to do it at least three or four times a day. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. You're very healthy. My yes. Well, on some level, you're very healthy. Uh, how are you guys? I guess this is where do you line up in this sort of um, competition between Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? So first of all, how do you feel about the uh the fact that they're you know going at each other are they yeah oh they don't like each other they, they write don't songs about each other they they really don't Katy perry and taylor swift was it? yes well, i'm glad they have some motivation for new material right for each other that's yeah. that's generous of each of them right uh, yeah I, I know that my sister right now really likes Katy perry okay um so you're, on, like, team, you're well, on team you're on team perry like, well i like taylor swift though you know what i saw what was it? It was a documentary about her or some interview about her, but just like she's like her own boss and like she knows what she wants and she just and she I gives like her gift bo- she gives gift boxes to fans. Does she? Mm, yeah. I've, Very personal ones. I don't ones. know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I I'm just not. <laughs> no, uh, being sarcastic is actually against the rules uh, for LRT. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living room theater. We'll talk about that. In a yeah. little bit. That's good to know. Yes. Okay. Well, good. So then I won't be sarcastic either. Oh, dang. <laughs> Shouldn't have told him. <laughs> He's making faces. Though. Oh, no, no. You can't say that because no oh, one sorry. can see us do that. Oh, sorry. All right. How about uh, snap elections? <laughs> so Britain had some last week and it didn't go exactly the way they thought. I don't even know what a snap election is. No, me neither. So what they did was uh, the uh, Theresa May, the prime minister over there, decided that she wanted to sort of strengthen her position. And so she decided that she was going to have, they were going to have elections. It was just like, you know, if the U.S. decided that we were going to have elections in the middle of the year, <laughs> um, in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. And so she thought she was going to strengthen her position and she actually uh, weakened her position in uh, the majority that she had in parliament. Wow. I, yeah. That might be a good idea right now. I thought that was limited only to marital relationships. That is, yeah. That's essentially what government is. <laughs> well, it's a relationship, Sorry, mind, right? mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for that. You know, um, how I feel about politics is this. I used to be extremely political and very involved, um, stayed up to date on the, all the current events and what was happening. And, and then you turned and 12. And then... yeah right no I decided like I asked myself do I really want to go into politics is that where I see where I can make an impact and make Mm -hmm. a difference and the answer was no like that's not where I want to be so um, I'm just going to focus on what I do feel my work is in the world and just you know focus on that and not that I'm totally clueless now on politics but pretty close Um, I try to you know keep it on a local level Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, run my programs, do my thing, make my own efforts and focus there. Because I think if, if I really focused on everything that was going on politically, especially right now, it would just be too frustrating and sad and I would feel helpless about it. So instead, I'm just going to get busy with what I can influence and can affect. Makes sense. We're kind of in the same place there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So let's talk about something where you wouldn't have any control. Uh, driverless cars. Ooh, off. Off. Yeah, off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's go for a ride. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Technology much better than human making decisions. Further so, evolution. Right. Yeah. So you have everybody else in driverless cars. You could just sit back, relax, and enjoy your drive. And, yes. Uh, yeah. I've always wanted to be like in the future. You know, when they ask you, like, what period of time would you have liked to have been born if not now? Right. Oh, future, definitely. I'm just looking forward to falling asleep at the wheel and not being in danger. <laughs> For once. Yeah. For right. once. Right. That makes sense. Uh, how do you feel about theme parks off or running? I'm off, off there. Off. Yeah. 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 It's fun. Qualified off. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite or do you have one that you, uh, uh, you think would be a favorite if you ever visited? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I have a, the, a favorite. I have favorite people I like to take to a theme oh, park. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Visiting nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Always mm -hmm. nice to see it through a kid's eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's super fun. And yeah. I love roller coasters. Oh, okay. I love roller coasters. So, yeah. You like the danger. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I don't I don't feel like I'm in danger. I, I'm, I'm so trusting. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fully trusting and I like being flung around and I just, I think that's fun. Turn her upside down so, and shake her. Still talking about roller coasters and not relationships, right? Yes, roller yeah. coasters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was still on relationships. Oh. <laughs> Very trusting. I like to be flung around. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That sounds like relationships. Uh, cursive. So it's coming back. Is it writing Is in it cursive? Coming back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So states are requiring it in schools again. Oh, gosh. And so uh, I wanted to see off or running. Running. How you felt about that? No, you don't like running. it? Uh oh, we're going to. This is my really? off. We found it. Oh, no. I always notice people's handwriting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love to get like a card or a letter. And someone's handwriting always amazes me. It happens very infrequently. But when I do see someone's handwriting, and, and uh, I always point it out to them. In cursive, cool. specifically? Mm -hmm. Because, uh, I mean, people's no, handwriting I, is just no, their handwriting. I'll, I'll tell them if uh, I like their print as well. Well, yeah. But, yeah, but cursive is, is an art. Uh, exactly. Put it in the art class. Not like as like a standard. Tease. Yes, Jack. We said no sarcasm. No, that is not sarcastic. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, it that was. That is so not sarcastic. I'm going to take it that way. I'm serious. Like, you know, it's, I think it, like, it's beautiful and it belongs in art class. It's not it as, does. like a skill. Along with calligraphy and whatnot. Yeah. So Tease has beautiful. a really nice printing, oh, but her you. cursive sucks. Well, you it's haven't terrible. seen my cursive. Well, apparently that's because you're ashamed of it. <laughs> that's my point exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's like now we don't utilize, you know, pens or pencils that much. So she when you humored. do so... Your hand cramps up like it, it hurts. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We need to do more hand exercises related to writing. Oh, yeah. I was playing um, a video game, a console video game, Galaga, which is my favorite one. I remember this Galaga. And I was punching the butt and the, my forearm got yeah. so sore. I was like, well, I got to play more video games. Bad business <laughs> idea. Finger aerobics. Finger aerobics for video yes. games. And for <gasps> Do you imagine writing. little like um, like leg warmers or like like little finger warmers, like little sweatband around your fingers? I can absolutely imagine that. That'd be cute. Yeah. That'd be so you put cute. on your little sweatband finger things and ride around in an autonomous car and practice your <laughs> cursive. Yeah. I think I'm going to a French burlesque show with my fingers so uh let's keep going <laughs> nice tights uh, yeah thank you uh sandwiches how do you feel mm. about sandwiches off off do you have a favorite 
Yes. I'm going to plug somebody. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Pom poms. Yeah. Pom poms is that's a good the choice. Spot for sandwiches. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you like their uh, turkey, the everything turkey sandwich? No, I like the veggie. Oh, I like okay. the veggie and I like they have their um, cranberry chutney that they mm-hmm. normally use on their mm-hmm. Thanksgiving sandwich. But no, I put that and then um, they have a lot of fresh fruit that they can layer on. And so it's kind of like the sweet, savory deliciousness on uh, on like the thick bread that they toast and it's pressed and it's perfect. Right. Yeah. Wow. That was a beautiful description. Tease. I think they might even have alfalfa sprouts. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can go for both of those sandwiches yeah. at Pom Poms. Yes. What were you thinking? The Reuben at the Outback there in College Park. Is, oh, the Reuben? Just oh, yeah. Layered corned beef and uh, is it corned beef? And some wonderful sauerkraut and oh, rye yeah. bread and fixed just right. Nice. Proportions Steakhouse? are important. No, no. Uh, outpost, I guess oh, outpost. it is. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, that's You're what right. I was like. That's so weird. Uh, Plugging a chain. On Edgewater right? there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, that makes more sense. On Edgewater <laughs> College Park. What did I say? Outback? Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of Bloomin' Onion Outback. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. They cut a Bloomin' Onion in half and put yes. some beef in it. Sorry, Outpost. All right, Outpost. Nice job. <laughs> uh, the beach. How do you feel about the beach? Off or running? Off. Off. Uh, I'm going to have to say a qualified off for me. Why? Well, because I I don't like to sit in the sun. Yeah. I don't like having sand sticking all over the oil that I've got on me. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but I love to stand and look at the horizon. Uh-huh. I like it at night. It feels yeah. like that's a running to me. That is not a qualified <laughs> off. I hate the two things that are most predominant about the beach when you think about it. <laughs> the sand and the yeah. sun. But I love it at night. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. You got me. All right. So, Sorry, honey. All right. Uh, tiny houses. Off or running? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say off. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's a qualified off. How about that? <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go again. It's really adorable, and I love the concept. I love the intention behind them. Uh-huh. And I don't think I'd be able to live in one of them. Okay. You're not going to hurt their feelings. They're inanimate objects. You can say running. I know. I know. But they're tiny, so they're I like, cute. I like the creativity <laughs> that's involved in the craftsmanship. Right, right. Like yeah. having to hide mm-hmm. stuff. And it's Potential like, like portability. The transformer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who Ooh. works on shoes. Um, Off or running? I'll, I'll, I'll go with Cobbler. It has to be fresh fruit. None of that canned oh, sure. stuff. Yeah. Okay. And it has to have like a good crumble to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's, it's quality. I mean, what else can be said about it? That she's, she's absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cobbler or pie? Which would you choose if you had the choice in front of you? Pie. Go pie. Mm. Again, uh, it's an inanimate object. They're, they're You're not going to hurt cobbler's me. feelings. They're, they're equal. They're equal. It seems to me there's more variety in the fruit. in the pie world than there is in the cobbler world. Really? Sure. I would say there's equal opportunity there. It's fruit with a different type of bread. It's either the crumble hmm. or like the flaky crust. Shepherd's pie. Well. Oh well, now, wow. No. That yeah. now you're talking about like chicken pot oh, pie yeah, and like now those we're types of say pies. That's not a pie. Well, it is. <laughs> I think we're going for dessert pies. Chicken Ooh. pot pie. Chicken pot pie. Well, if we're plugging local places, Ethos, that's the best. Um, what is it? Is, is it sheep's pie that they have there? Oh, so good. Shepherd's pie? No, sheep's pie at sheep's Ethos. Pie. It's all vegan. So it's oh, the okay. sheep's pie instead of the shepherd's pie. Oh, it's good. I'm glad they don't use any shepherds in the making of their <laughs> pies. 
right, so we have some questions from past guests. You could pick pink, and you could both answer it, or green, and you could both answer it, or you could pick one or the other, and you could answer both. Ready? Go ahead. What would you like green. to do? Okay. And you'll get pink. So if you could, Tease, we'll go first with you. If you could read that and then answer it. Okay. So be the last one on the list. Oh, this okay. says, what was your first favorite toy? Oh, I know what my first favorite toy was. Uh, I believe it was on my third birthday. Um, one of my mom's friends for my birthday party, she bought me this stuffed animal. And it was like this little dog. And it was kind of... Um, it looked kind of handmade mm-hmm. and it was made out of cloth and it had like these little um, styrofoam balls that like made up the head. And it was it was a dog. It was black and white, very Snoopy like looking. And I named him Goosey. And um, he, I just I loved him. And he's just my buddy since then. Very nice. You still have him? No. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a, a sad and uh, very sore story behind that. Oh, but no. Right. OK. We won't uh, we share won't, that right now. Yeah. All right. Jack, how about Gosh, you? What question? Or do you want to answer that question or do you want to answer the question you got? Oh, no, I, I couldn't be sweeter than the answer we just got on yeah. that other one. So I'll, I'll go with this one because uh, Tease frequently gives me these. Uh, what is my drag name? Oh, yeah. She gives me a different drag name, you know, at least once a week, right? It's been a couple of weeks since you, gave me, since you gave me one. What was yeah. the last one? Uh, Crystal Rooster. Wow. You don't remember that? Crystal Rooster. That's impressive. I don't remember that one. That is impressive. Uh, That's actually a really good one. Well, it it lends itself to color interpretation and, and, you know, hardness, rock hardness. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's stop there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, If you had to come up with your own, what would you call yourself? Oh, gosh. I've never come up with my own uh, drag name. Although I like Peggy. It's, it's, a, it's a real good name. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I could definitely see you as a Peggy. What's your favorite Peggy last name? I would go Featherbottom, but that's just me. Peggy Featherbottom. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Okay. I, I knew that about you before you said it. <laughs> well, let's leave it at that. Thank you very much for uh, for answering my questions and getting to know you a little bit better. So we're going to talk about Living Room Theater uh, coming up in a minute, but first we're going to play a song. This is uh, Dennison Whitmer with 24 Turn 25 on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. And that that would be my drag name, but I'm not going to repeat it on the air. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. I'm here with Tease and Jack. We just heard from Dennison Whitmer with 24 Turn 25. Thank you guys again for coming in so early. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, glad to be here. Mm-hmm. So you're here from Living Room Theater. I just wanted to throw this out there. I am killing it on social media over a hundred people following me on twitter <laughs> over a hundred people some different following me on instagram dozens of people visiting my site every week no i'm just kidding so i'm obviously <laughs> not killing it every you know on social media but what i was thinking about is i have something that's very easy to explain i do a radio show i do interviews living room theater i had to do a little research and digging around on because i wanted to understand it a little bit more so I was wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit. What's your elevator speech for something? Because it's super interesting. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's something very different than a lot of uh, other things that are out there. Most things you would go out to go see. Yeah. Living room theater is literally, with the exception of a fringe show here and there, and the stuff that you do when you perform uh, out there in the community, is, uh, you know, you're going to people people's houses. Absolutely. So how do you explain it to people? And then uh, where did you? how did you get into it? 
Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dee. It's one of, one of our favorite subjects. <laughs> yeah, I could talk endlessly on this. So I uh-huh. guess that's on an elevator. I'll have to add color. Pitch. Yeah. So um, for Living Room Theater, we, we bring a full 70-minute show to your living room. So you invite your friends and your family over, um, coworkers, neighbors, anybody you want, and we'll put on a show. And this show is consisted of about 12 short vignettes. So you're going to see everything from live music to theatrical scenes to storytelling, some movement work. Um, Sometimes we get a little experimental. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, there's something for everybody in each show. And that's really kind of, you know, what we like about having, you know, those vignettes, that it's not just like a play that has um, one storyline. It's right, little, you have to little follow tidbits. it for seventy minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's also that uh, we don't do characters as such, other than ourselves. Um, so I, we found that it's a little bit easier to re, to relate to. Mm-hmm. So when she says there's something for everyone, when you're yourself, <laughs> you you pretty much are there already, right? Yeah, there's some seriousness mm-hmm. to it um, as far as just, you know, what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And then there's some levity. There's some funny stuff that just naturally erupts. Um, we don't we don't go for the funny. It's not like a ta-da sort of thing. Right. We're not trying to make you laugh, but just life is funny. And our situations and the way that we react to each other, it just it's naturally funny. So is it scripted? Is it improv? Is it a combination thereof? No, we we find things that happen to us as we're together, mm-hmm. or or whatever we're doing. We find things in real life, and so we recognize the beauty in those small moments and say, you know, here's a moment that we should explore. We usually give it a title so that we can remember what it was, and uh, sometimes we might have an actual button that we're going towards, or maybe a start that we begin with. Mm-hmm. But it can change from show to show. So it's really based on uh, concepts that we run across, that we're interested in, that we find beauty in. So in this way, it's it's structured improvisation, mm-hmm. but we don't market it as improv because it seems that there's a very set idea as to what improv is, like a whole bunch of games and goofy and outlandish. Right, right, And right. we keep it very real. It's... um. It, we're, we are pulling from our lives, from the experiences that we go through, as well as the experiences we see those close to us going through. But we always check uh, if it's true to us. Like, can we really do we know what these emotions are like? Do we know what this feels like? What, mm-hmm. what is this? Um, it, what's this experience like? So we're not creating, you know, funky scenarios that we have really no basis of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, the reality of them. So we'll never we'll never have a scene in a space station, for example. Um, or an autonomous car. Right. Well, maybe well, someday. Hopefully soon. Yeah, that's true. I, but, we have that to look forward to. But that's interesting. You're pulling from your experiences, so it's a little more relatable and uh, when we you know, first, it's a little more authentic. Yes. Uh, when we first started, the question was, does this really mean a lot to you or someone that you're close to? As far as our pieces, creating our pieces, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our checker. So how did you start? How did you come together and say, okay, this is something that we want to do? Did you see something similar in another market or how did this come up? So my background is uh, I do personal coaching work with people. Mm -hmm. I call myself a holistic lifestyle teacher and I help people to balance uh, inner peace and outer passion so that they're living life on their own terms. And so I've been doing this for the past eight years. And one of the things that really struck me was that I would be, you know, I, I would have 
10 different people that I'd be talking to at, at one t- given time and they'd be struggling with the same thing, like this experience of life that was really, really similar and they felt completely alone in it. And I just, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that we walk around feeling alone in what we deal with in life and, and isolated, yet, and, isolated and, yeah. and it's all the same thing. And we don't get that that's our humanity. Um, and so I think that's really beautiful. So uh, so there's that and then mixed with my love of the performing arts ever since I was really little. And in particular, I was really inspired by the neo-futurist theater in Chicago. They've okay. got a show that actually just came to a close called Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind. And they do 30 plays in 60 minutes and they put it on a timer and it's it's craziness. And some of them are really, really short and some of them are a little longer, but they're all original pieces that the performers create and I just I I love that I was really inspired by that and I wanted to do something similar Um, and so I came up with you know my particular format that now um, you know Jack and I have developed into what it is today and it was about five or six years that I was sitting on this idea and it was like you know this thing that I was like once I get my career settled and I start making some more money this will be my passion project and mm-hmm. and I you know I won't worry about making money with it I'm just going to do it for fun um, and then I just I realized I was waiting and waiting and waiting and just never doing it and then finally I was like you know Jack had I was already performing with Jack he has his own uh, long form improv group and um you know, I, I, I shared with him my idea for this and he was and just, I said, yes. Yeah. He was a perfect person <laughs> for it. And yes, and, exactly. Yes, and. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so what I love like about improv from. people. I'm always asking them stuff. They're always saying yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and so, we, we had another project going on at, at the time too. So when it came together, it was just really fast and really exciting. Great. Well, so how did you, so then maybe Jack, if you could talk a little bit, how did you get into improv in the first place? Because that seems where the path led you to uh, meeting Tease and coming up or helping develop this, this project. Yeah, so I had a friend that uh, had moved away from Orlando for 16 years and returned. And uh, when he came back, he said, I'd like to do some theater. And since I hadn't done any since college, uh, I said, let's take these classes down there. And, and I loved it and uh, took them at SAC Comedy Lab. And, and, and it was great. I had a amazing time there. Mm-hmm. And after it, after class was over, we I formed a, an improv group. And that's where uh, Tease, where I ran into Tease at some, at, uh, what do we call it? The Healing Improv oh, Playback uh, Theater. Yeah. We, oh, okay. we, were, we were doing Playback Theater. Uh, rehearsals and whatnot. And when she came in the room, I thought, that's an interesting person and I, I would like to know her better. And and now I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, was that was. We first met there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we first met. And I don't remember where I took my first improv class. Um, I haven't really studied formally here in town, but I know I, like throughout the years I've taken different classes mm-hmm. and I uh, have been, you know, community theater in high school. I was also, you know, on the speech team and um, was in Romeo and Juliet, you know, freshman year and that sort of thing. But I've encountered improv along the way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love the approach. I love um, 
kind of the the perspective because I think it's it's very important to bring those ba- aspects into daily life. Yeah, what really works for us in living room theater from an improv perspective is that we can be fully in the moment, and we we there's nothing contrived about when we're interacting with each other. It's all where we are right there, in, <laughs> right there at in that the living moment, room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So with improv, I think what you're taught or what you do is you learn to trust everybody around you. So you end Mm -hmm. up creating these incredibly close relationships. And so thinking about developing a show, so you kind of had this in your head, you knew you needed, or maybe you didn't know you needed some help to develop it, but you thought, okay, here's Jack. He might be able to help me with this. Oh yeah, I definitely needed help. What was the the process (laughs) of working together? Because I think some people are like... um, uh, I'm Generation X, and so what I think I come to the table with is this this caution in trusting people mm. with ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think it's where, um, as much as I joke and, and as much as I love the bad business ideas segment, that's kind of where that comes from is this idea that I have to just throw things out there. I can't keep these things to myself, keep them secret, hope that someday they'll develop into something, because, and I'm afraid of sharing it because somebody might steal it. So right. how did you come to the point where, Hey, Jack, can we sit down and talk about this? Can you talk a little bit about that? So, um, man, just this whole concept of other people stealing your creativity or taking your stuff. I've never been one who's had much patience for that. I, I did photography for a long time. And I know speaking with other photographers, that was always the concern in putting their sure. work online. Like somebody's yeah. going to steal my image. And my my idea behind that is there's plenty more where that came from. If, if you're... If you're someone who creates and and truly values your work, I think that you should really free yourself to do so openly, unabashedly, with abandon, right? So um, throw it out there. And if somebody steals it, there's plenty more where that came from. It's not that big of a deal. I don't think that, you know, anything that we create really has like that particular ownership, like this is mine. I think that when we attach to that concept and we have that fear it's fear of us needing proof of how good we are mm-hmm. of, you know, look, I actually did something um, just, you know, kind of building your sense of self. And if you can love yourself and let go of that, I think life becomes so much more fun. Wow. That was a pretty heavy answer. There, <laughs> that was good. There's no follow up. <laughs> I just, I just kind of fell in love with her instantly and yeah. told her everything that I, about me. All right. Yeah. And I mean, I think frightening, but true, you know, so Jack is one of the most uh, genuine people whom I have ever met and he loves to play and he loves, he's extremely generous. Mm -hmm. And so he, he really, he, he shared with himself with me first in in that way, um, creatively inviting me to play with him and being part of his improv group. Uh, And so once, once you know that about somebody, like the rest is, is really easy. It's really easy to share yourself with somebody who is open and generous and loving with you. So I think that, that he's taught me a lot in that and just being the first one, you know, beating the other person to the punch, like leading with your heart and with your trust. And I've never really had anybody let me down in that sense. That was a really heavy answer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how we can follow that up. So why don't we we play a song? Why don't we play a song and we'll come back with some other stuff. Great. 
Oh, because uh, actually Jack is blushing right now. He actually matches Aww. his shirt pretty well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Looking peachy there, Jack. Oh, gosh. That's great. But I, I guess the I guess the takeaway for me is, because I like learning about this, is to, you know, find those people that you trust and don't be afraid to share. Right. And don't be afraid to come up with those ideas and say, hey, what about this? Because exactly. it might not be, and you might be thinking it's the, you might fall in love with the idea. And I think that's where the problem comes up is if somebody starts helping you develop it and you realize, well, it was going in this direction, now it's going in this direction. If you're in love with that direction, you're going to be in trouble. Yes. Not only with the idea, but with that relationship too. You might say, oh, well, that person can't be right because this is my idea and it has to go that direction. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I'm the first to acknowledge I'm far from perfect in that sense, right? I, I do get attached to ideas and I, I get attached to it going a particular way. And I've learned that if you lean into that discomfort and just are patient with yourself, like mm -hmm. allow yourself to be frustrated and upset about it for a while, but you stay there and you sit in it, um, it, it usually dissipates and you begin to realize that what other people are helping you to create is something really beautiful. I think, you know, Jack, Jack has experienced me in that sense when I get very stubborn and headstrong about something and Jack's like, no, look at it this way. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I have my little temper <laughs> tantrum for a minute. And then if I am willing to soften and just give it some space, like, man, what, what other people create with you and how, you know, we can collaborate and, and grow together. It's, it's going to be so much better than what we would have created on our own. With that said, I think there always has to be somebody who has a final say on any one given project, right? We have to have a yeah, lead always. I have a really good example of, of that, actually, is that w I wanted to do a bit based on how T uh, feels right before the show starts. <laughs> and, uh, so super confident well, and ready to go. Well, it passed the, does this mean something to you personally or someone close to you or whatever, but we decided that... Uh, Tisa's condition at that point in the game was probably not something we should explore <laughs> any further. What is your condition at that point? I think, I mean, Jack. She's better was, now. Er, yeah, I'm better now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think before I was just really concerned with, you know, is, you know, all the things that, that we get caught up on. Is this good enough? Are people going to like it? Are they going to find themselves in it? Or am I just about to like expose my own fears and insecurities to a crowd of people who are going to be sitting there in judgment and being like, wow, what a weirdo. Yeah. Right. And and so So she's real busy before setting sound levels, making sure lighting is right, moving furniture. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, so some, distracting uh, yourself with a little nuance. Well, sometimes I might not be as helpful as I should be. Of course, I'm warming up to play guitar and, yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So that's my excuse. And warming so up the hosts. Stretching. <laughs> warming up the hosts. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I do our outreach before the show. Right. Oh, Jack's great at that going out to the crowd before the show starts. And I need to just be in that back room, just kind of like in my own space. But Jack's <laughs> out there and welcoming people, seeing what they're up to. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so excited to have you here. Like, he's awesome. I, I cannot do that. This is very complimentary in terms of the, uh, the personality. Yeah. Well, and really the reason I wanted to do that bit is because it's so unusual for me to see any kind of that anxious frustration from T's. Uh, but I was seeing it cons pretty consistently. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in that situation. We should do I'm it now. now. We should do I'm it now, now that, that you're better now. We yeah, should do it now. now. Yeah, maybe I can hey. laugh myself a little more now. <laughs> Bit number 623. Yeah. All right. So let's play one quick song and then we'll come back. We're almost at the end of the first hour already. So nice job, guys. We're wow. going pretty quickly. And so I'm already thinking of like 80 other things that we should have talked about. So we'll probably have to have you come back. 
But what we'll do is we'll switch you out. Like what what will happen is you'll you'll exchange seats next time you're on. Oh, okay. Uh, but also personalities. <laughs> so Tease, you'll play Jack, and Jack, you'll play Tease. That's frightening. Call me Crystal Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> so let's play a uh, little Patty Casey. This is featuring the Dublin Gospel Choir. Uh, this nice. is a combination of songs. He starts out with Grandma's Hands, and then he switches over to No Diggity, because that seems apropos of uh, of everything you should do with a song like that. So you'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Patty Casey featuring the Dublin Gospel Choir on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. That was Grandma's Hands, and it sort of swayed into No Diggity territory. That was nice. Yeah. Did you I like that? It. Yes, I did. Jack Graham, T. Smallin are here. Thank you again for being here. The hour is almost up, and there's a million other things I wanted to ask you. So you're here from Living Room Theater, a bunch of, a bunch of other places as well, though. So uh, the LR Institute, um, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts, Human Maintenance. So uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, though, first, before we get to all that, is being on stage. So you guys uh, were both just um, performing. I don't know if that's the right word, but you were speaking at Pachaka Chop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've both done the Story Club, Orlando Story Club. Uh, I think you've done one or both of you have done Nerd Night, maybe? Yep, yep I did. You've Jack done did. Nerd Night, mm-hmm. Orlando mm-hmm. Cringe, uh, TEDx. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, because I think that's one of the things that really people freak out about is getting up on stage is getting up in front of people and you do that in their living rooms too which i'm sure is still a little bit of uh you know yeah. you get up there and you're a little <laughs> bit nervous about performing where do you get that confidence from and what would you tell people who want to eventually do something like that see i, I feel like i perceive stages a little differently than most people um ever since i was little i was extremely shy uh just in, in everyday life and I think that when I finally encountered a stage, a stage was the space where you had permission to be how, like any any which way. Like you, you got to put on um, like any any sort of emotion or personality that was called for. Did you feel like you were wearing a mask almost or you were a different person? I think that the mask that I wore was the kind of like the presumption that this is supposed to happen. Like a stage is like, this is supposed to happen. You're supposed right. to see this. And so it was almost like a permission to be crazy, permission to do whatever. And it was like, well, I meant for that. <laughs> so like, you know, that, that facade, like how, you know, we try to act cool in everyday life and, and appear all put together. And like, like we know what we're talking about. Right. Like um, my Instagram feed says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a stage, it's just like a, a blanket of that. Um, I think how, that's how it started for me. And it just being a space where I got to be a way that in daily life I was intimidated to be, which is just like free and open mm. and expressive. Um, so it was a little backwards. I think the first time I was on a stage like that, it took a lot. It took me really pushing myself and just saying, just just do it. Just go do this. So was it the repetition that finally got you to the point where you feel a little more comfortable? Yes and no. Because okay. Pachakasha just, you know, recently, like that was it's the largest. a different largest, environment altogether than our normal environment. Yeah. And that was the largest theater I've ever gotten to perform in. Right. Um and so that was that felt a little intimidating to me, like, oh, like this is like fancy and formal and people paid money to be here yeah. um, more th- more than, you know, 
the shows that I'm in normally charge. It was also a, a different experience for us because we rehearsed it carefully and wanted to make sure that every 20 seconds we got per slide was what we needed to where we needed to be at the time. Right. So for anybody listening who's not familiar with Pachaka Cha, 20 slides, 20 seconds each. Um, and I would love to hear more about your performance, but uh, maybe off air because we have a lot yeah. of things to cover still. But uh, I, didn't, I don't know if it will be up eventually online where we can see that, but I'm, I'm so. pretty it interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, my uh, my favorite part there. was I got to say, we embarked on a journey of constant evolution, which nice. I probably normally wouldn't have said. <laughs> I wrote so, the script. Very nice. <laughs> so speaking of your embarkation, uh, Jack, I know at University of Tennessee Chattanooga, you actually did music, right? I did. So was your introduction to the stage uh, as a musician or was it theater or how were you, how did you start? Uh, it was as a musician and it was before uh, Chattanooga. So m- when we were really young, my mother uh, had four boys in five years. And she used to take us to what we affectionately called an old folks home at the time, mm-hmm. retirement uh, hospital kind of place. And we'd stand in the stair steps and she would play and we'd do old timey songs. Oh, very nice. And I always liked doing that. And I didn't realize I was on stage, I don't think. So the music part stayed. Although there is a, still a certain fear and energy and emotion that comes as, as we're going on, um, which is a good thing, I think. So for your uh, for the barbershop quintet that you had uh-huh. when you were kids, are there any recordings that we could go listen to? I wish. No. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what they'd be like. That sounds pretty yeah. uh, pretty interesting. But so it was music that got you into uh, stage work, theater performing. Yes. Okay. I actually, at Chattanooga, they needed a guitar player for a man of La Mancha, and I was a shoe in because so. <laughs> you were a man. And, and, and a guitar player. And from La Mancha. Oh, <laughs> guitar player. That makes more sense. That makes more sense than what I was saying. Well, good. Well, thank you for uh, for sharing that a little bit. We do have to take a break. Then we're going to come back with a song. And then Bad Business Ideas. All right. Oh, I and can't so, wait. Yeah. So yeah. I've got some, I think I've got some good ones for you that I think you're going to be very interested in. And, and, and if you haven't listened to the show before, Hopefully you don't realize this, that you actually have to take, you have to choose one of the bad business ideas that will be yours now and you have to run with it. It will be your company. I'm excited. You're, you're legally obligated to do this by being on the show. You're contractually obligated. Off and running. Yep. Very good. (laughs) Off or running. Yeah. could be the bad business idea. Uh, So let's uh, play some of the commercials and we'll be right back with Tease and Jack on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to a certain degree. The Airborne Toxic Event on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was half of something else. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Second hour of To A Certain Degree. So you know what that means. It's bad business ideas. So I have some very special guests today. Uh, Jack Graham and Tease Mallon are here from Living Room Theater. Hello. And if you missed any of our talk about Living Room Theater and our interview so far, you can go to my website, I'll have the show up here probably in the next day or so, so you can take a listen to that because it's pretty, it's some pretty good stuff. Nice job, you guys. Oh, thank you. Coming in all prepared and ready to go. (laughs) Extensive notes in front of both of you. I mean, just really, (laughs) really compelling stuff. Uh, So thank you for for prepping so much and spending so much time. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell it. But Tease and Jack, you've been uh, uh, great so far, so I apologize in advance for putting you through this. Uh, Tease and Jack, may I call you Tease and Jack? 
Yes. Sure. Great. Uh, <laughs> social media. Is it the worst thing ever? No. No. Okay. So, but if you're going for a job interview, if you're applying for college, if you're asking somebody out on a date, maybe you've said something on social media that uh, you regret, or maybe they'll find something that you uh, might work against you on some level. So you, you've been looking at our social media. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Well, let's oh, take no. a recent example. Let's take a recent Uh-oh. example that is not you guys. So I don't oh. know if you heard about this. Uh, Harvard. Harvard College is a big time place, or Harvard University. I'm not sure which it is. I'm not familiar it's with just it. Harvard. We don't know. <laughs> from we don't what know I understand, yeah. from what I understand, it's a pretty uh, reputable institution. So they accepted a bunch of students and they created a Facebook group for them to socialize on, get to know each other, get ready for, you know, it was the class of 2021 or whatever it was. And uh, so some of them decided to start a, a splinter group within that uh, group, a side chat. And said some pretty controversial things. They were just trying to make each other, I guess, laugh or, you know, outdo each other, Mm -hmm. essentially. And Harvard found out because it was on this Facebook group that they created. Mm -hmm. And they are no longer invited to go to Harvard. They were no longer accepted. So it got me thinking, uh, what about everything else that you have that's out there? What do you do with that? Everything you've said in the past, all that's still out there. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is what if we created a subscription service called Smokescreen? <laughs> so rather than trying, but so what we could do is just delete your account altogether. Or what we could do is try to cover up the things that you've said, like go through and look for each thing. Why do that when we can just change it slightly to match the, you know, the philosophy, the politics of whoever's looking at your Instagram feed or your Facebook posts or something like that. So, for example, let's say you're applying for a job, turn on smokescreen, and whoever comes to your social media channels will see posts that reflect their belief system. So the hiring manager at a job you're applying for is a cat person. All of a sudden, (laughs) all your posts about pets and things like that are about cats. Kitty posts. Kitty posts. Funny cat videos, (laughs) that sort of thing. So you could have two different people looking at your uh, social media Uh, channels at the same time and they're saying two different things and so you're saying exactly what you want them to see now you can there's a sliding scale maybe you don't want smoke signals to just say okay if somebody's a super conservative or super liberal let's show them that stuff you don't want to go that far Mm -hmm. uh you don't want to sell out completely maybe you do maybe you really need a job i don't know uh (laughs) but yeah so that's the idea behind a smoke screen you know what i love about that it's kind of turning it around on on the internet, right? Because mm-hmm. right now I'm seeing stuff tailored to wherever I've clicked or wherever I've been. So right. why shouldn't a potential employer or lover or group member <laughs> anything else? Yeah, when they look at me, they should see exactly what they want. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You've got it, man, Nick. I've been so excited about bad business ideas. But this one does not resonate with me at all. <laughs> what? At all. <laughs> what? Okay, so here's the tagline for it. Smoke screen. We superimpose to make you more super. Ooh. Yeah. See, now you like it. I, well, I need to, well, I'm a sucker for taglines. Yeah. I and then you so. threw it's super time to in subscribe. there. <laughs> yeah, it's time to subscribe. Yes. Superscribe. Okay, so that's smoke screen. So all basically right. not only covering up but reflecting the values of the other person just to make mm-hmm. you more attractive to them. Man. Yeah, what if they hate themselves? Oh. <laughs> and they're looking at us, and all of a sudden it's like, gosh, I really hate this guy. Well, see, Jack, this is why you might be perfect for this, because then you can improve the algorithm yeah. 
to actually look for that. It's a potential improvement there. Yeah, mm. yeah, and see, okay, this guy might need some help uh, because he or she hates themselves. Uh, maybe you don't want to work for them or date them. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that could come back is that, you know, now the hiring manager is going to your page and you're like, oh, I don't want to work for this person. Oh, oh, can I can I make a modification? Sure. Perhaps. Please. That's the hallmark of a bad business <laughs> idea since you're going to be running this company. Yeah. right. So instead of it just like showing the person everything that they would like to see, uh-huh. what if what if it was something that searched all of their social media. Which is exactly what it would do. Right. Yep. And to find out what their preferences are. And then you get to determine whether you want to work for this person who, oh, you know, likes I like that. dogs or cats or is a spoon or a fork person. You know? I like that. So basically you go. Uh, so let's take the work one, for example. Yes. Uh, you go to their LinkedIn page. So let's say I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking to work for UTs. And uh, I go to your LinkedIn page and I just run it through the algorithm. Yes. And it, I see what kind of person you are. And I run for the hills, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> because you seem super nice and honest and all of these things. And obviously, coming up with an idea like smokescreen, I am none of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so it intimidates me to no end to be anywhere near you. Well, that's the thing. Like, whenever you're going for a job, right? Like, the, the, the person who's interviewing you they always come off as very um you, you don't know, really get to know them right it's it's very a, it's a cold sort of interaction even if it's friendly it's like you don't really get to know them and it's like how do you even know you want to work for them it's like you might not want to so here how about this we modify it a little bit and we call it deal breakers <gasps> yes so, then Ooh, we find out. That's okay. so tease you have a certain number of deal breakers that you have uh let's say your limit is five and here they are so you won't work for somebody who is a cat person because you hate cats or whatever it is. Uh, and you won't work for somebody who's a smoker and you won't work for some and all of these things. And then what we do is oh, go yeah. out and search that. So you're looking at Jack as a potential manager mm-hmm. and you run the algorithm on his social media channels and just feed them <laughs> in. And you say it says yay or nay. It, you know, yeah. Jack hits only three of your deal breakers so you could work for him. I think or that's genius. Jack hits eight of your deal breakers. That's really, so that's run real, away. That's really good. But I think the potential there is if you had both of those, then you could play them against each other. And Smoke <laughs> screen uh, yes. and deal break. And you still want to get hired. You still want to ultimately you want to right. make the choice. Yes. So you're going to put Jack in a position where he wants to hire you. But then you're going to search on Jack to make sure. That I want to work for you. That yeah. you want to work for him. <laughs> you double double the potential customer okay. base there. Yeah, yeah so that's... you can subscribe to one of the other deal breakers or smoke screen or both. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a bundle plan. The bundle because nothing's better than a bundle. <laughs> that's, that's true. Right. And yeah. I love that as a tagline as well. Yeah, nothing's better than a bundle. Yep, I love it. <laughs> I have nice alliteration. Okay, yeah. guys, we still have another idea. Oh, good. So this is just the first. I'm setting before you a meal, two meals. Mm-hmm. And you have to choose one. So we've got Deal Breaker and uh, Smokescreen mm-hmm. as the bundle. Mm-hmm. So now, have you guys ever argued about anything, not just with each other, but other people? Sure. On occasion. Yeah. yeah. How? What happens when you know you're right and they're wrong? They get mad. Yeah. And they keep arguing. How, do that, how does that make you feel? Ah, oh, annoyed. Yeah. Exhausted, mm-hmm. frustrated, yes. yeah. sad. Absolutely. That the other person is so dumb. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's hard takes, to believe sometimes. It takes a lot of energy. You have to spend a lot of time showing somebody the error of their ways. 
Uh, <laughs> frankly, it's most of my interactions. Um, <laughs> you get you, you might get frown lines out of this. Yes. Like it's unhealthy, right? You might uh, you know you know you might throw out your neck, shaking your head, and how true. how ridiculous someone is. Been there. You may develop lactose intolerance because of arguing. Yeah, that just might be me though. I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, I think doctors ulcers and digestion. Oh yeah, that's a better one. It manifests better one. in gas. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you about a new company that we have that might help with this. When you have that argument, and no matter what, the other person thinks they're right. <laughs> So let's say you're in an argument about grammar. Mm-hmm. So Oxford comma, is it her and me or her and I? Uh, how do you spell there? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, a- I'm asking. How do oh, you, how well, do you it depends sp- which one you're No, talking I'm just you. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> do you pull out your phone? But, you know, even when you do that, for every expert that says it's this way, there's one that says that way. Mm-hmm. True. So I've got an idea. Our new company will be the ultimate reference when it comes to all subjects and will deliver that knowledge. So it's not just being an expert, it's delivering the knowledge in a medium that cannot be refuted. Do you know what I'm talking about? A singing telegram. Close, very close. Oh, That is actually, maybe we'll go with that too. <laughs> See, this is why you guys are so good for these ideas. Metallic confetti. <gasps> oh, so let's say this yes. company is called The Glitter End. We'll produce <laughs> tubes of metallic confetti on a number of different topics. With the answers to all life questions. So every, so the tube of confetti, let's say on mm-hmm. grammar, will have all the answers on grammar. So when you're arguing, you're just like, okay. And then you throw the confetti either on the table, mm-hmm. at the person you're arguing with. It doesn't matter. You could just it's throw like it all out. It's kind of like a mic drop. Yeah. But it's, with, exa- it's a glitter drop. Way more dramatic. Bam. It could be and dead sparkle. celebrities. You could have uh, <laughs> a glitter bomb of dead celebrities. Mm-hmm. So you could mm-hmm. say, no, B. Arthur is dead. Yeah. Sorry. Bam. Yeah. Uh, and Adam West is so sad. Uh, yes. So we'd have to update the glitter bomb for that. <laughs> That's just exciting that we can finally answer that there spelling question. Yeah. 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 And it had the definition because all that glitters is gold. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I didn't know. All that glitters is shiny. It's shiny. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Uh, we can also sell accessories for carrying around the tubes. Like so, a fanny pack a for little tubes. Fanny pack of oh tubes. Fanny like packs one of those, come back. Like the shot glass. Oh yeah, the yeah, bandolier. Yeah. You could look like Chewbacca. Would you like some truth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I like that. So I like the singing telegrams as well. Mm-hmm. So Glitter End, I think, could uh, that could be a subsidiary. Yeah. Of yeah. Glitter End, uh, that would be tough though, because you'd have to like you're getting in an argument. Mm-hmm. You want the answer right then, so maybe you could. Just go ahead and Uber dial. Uber it would dial. be Uber for um, singing or, telegrams. Or you have like a little plate that's like the hologram projection, mm-hmm. you know, and you just like throw your little dish out in the middle of the table between the two of you and the little hologram pops up. I like this. So technology you know, wise, technology. you're, you're, yeah. you're getting a little out there. I see a uh, long term opportunity, too. So if you have recurring kind of arguments with the same person, Maybe collect some subliminal messages and mm-hmm. insert them into a, a film or a series that you know that they like. Mm-hmm. You could find it on their internet, on their, you know, social media. That way, if they're constantly watching Frasier episodes, for Netflix example, partnership, mm-hmm, they can get uh, this constant subliminal reminder yeah. that they were wrong and you were right. Absolutely. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, guys, I'm sorry, but you have to decide. Now, there's two oh, of you. Yeah. If you both want to take one of these and run with it. But I feel like you're a good team. 
<laughs> oh, this is easy for me. I know which one I want. There's you know the glitter end and smoke screen slash deal breakers. Deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take one as a team here. I, I believe so. <laughs> I, I think you're going to take it for the team. Um, that's always something I want to be described when I'm coming out. Here's my idea. You guys take one for the team and run with one. Did I say that? <laughs> uh, you know what you want? I know what I want. I think either of them have uh, are interesting and have some potential. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any questions about either one of them that I can uh, mm. elaborate on? Because it sounds like you already got some ideas. Well, for for the glitter end, I think that it would be great to have like um, a training for people on how to deliver them. Oh yeah. Right. So like, how do, how do you present one? Because you don't want to hurt anyone. True. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want you can get glitter it. in somebody's eyeball. Right, right. Bad. There's some litigious people out there. For but like, in a drink is okay. Like, oh yeah, it's like you know, especially if they're at the beginning of eating a meal and they're really arguing hard, you put it on their food. You're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna enjoy the meal anyway. Oh no, if you're arguing. Well, you might because you don't have glitter on your food. Oh, you know what they say about glitter? Uh, no, it's the herpes of the craft world. In other words, it gets everywhere. <laughs> There's no getting rid of it. Interesting. <laughs> huh. hmm. Isn't I'm gonna that what spend, they say? I'm going to spend less time in the craft world. <laughs> I didn't realize the craft world had so many STDs. Avoid beads, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so That's the chlamydia of the craft world. It yeah. is. Um, I, I think that either one has strong potential and would be interesting to work in. Mm-hmm. But I know I know that Tease is really excited about one or the other. And oh, yes. So if, if, if we have to each take one, then by all means, you get to choose and uh, I'll do the other one. You know which one I'm crazy about. Which one? You don't? Mm-mm. Oh, Jack. Well, I You know, don't know me? I know you like glitter, uh-huh. but I know that you also like the social media. I mean, that I, I would think you'd be a little more torn. It's not that clear no, a no. choice. It oh, is. It's gosh. crystal clear. I feel like I'm uh, highlighting some uh, some areas here where you guys don't know each other all that well. I'm so sorry. Tease, you know, you know I love you. But. Some, sometimes I feel that you're hiding things from me. You're... <laughs> Man, I need one of those glitter bombs right now. Just bam. Glitter. T-H-E-I-R. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the glitter end is definitely my pick, hands yeah. down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She likes glitter. All right. Well, I like celebrations. How about that? That's I think true. that, you know, oh, the Dimitri celebration Martin. of wrongness. Dimitri Martin, he talks. <laughs> yeah, celebration of wrongness. You're wrong. I mean, come on. That's just Let's one. Let's celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> celebration. Yeah. It's also the celebration of rightness at that point. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Dimitri Martin, he has this like thing that he, he talks about how, you know, cakes, we use cakes for, you know, happy celebrations and good news. He's like, I want cake when I'm given bad news. You know, it's like you're adopted. Here's a cake, you know, like, and, and I think it's, it's similar. It's, it's along the same line, the, the whole glitter end. You're it's wrong. Like, yeah. Celebration. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, it, it also helps people get over, um, their attachment to being right so much, you know, you know when you're you... wrong, you get glitter. If I'm wrong, give me glitter at least. I'll be wrong for some glitter. I see some potential for abuse with the glitter bombs in your case. Uh, <laughs> Since you since you're often so right. Oh, oh, that, uh, ouch! Yeah, no, her bandolier's gonna always be empty. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna eat into profits just yeah. how frequently she dumps out her her uh, glitter. Yeah. So see, she's the perfect market for us for that for the glitter end 
She's going to be buying them all the time. Oh, That's true. Man. Like maybe it's subscription based. She gets 12 new ones every month. <laughs> hey, that's a good long, another long-term strategy. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Hmm. So wait, right. so are you in on this with me? I'm hey, in. Jack, are you, you in? in? Yeah, okay. I'm in. Glitter end it is. Glitter uh, So we'll talk a little bit offline. And as everybody knows who's listening, uh, you can't steal this idea. You're under a non-disclosure agreement for listening. So please don't steal it uh, because these guys are running with the glitter end. If you want to steal the other one, that's fine. As don't long let as us, I get some of the profits. Yeah, don't let us see it on your social media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll throw some glitter at you. <laughs> we will come to your house and glitter it. Glitter it up. <laughs> nice. All right, so we'll work on some taglines for that while everybody's listening to some music. We're going to come back and talk uh, about music and the writing process, uh, so how that works for you. And then we've got a couple other things to talk about, but uh, thank you so much for that. You're listening to a certain degree. Jack, Tease, anything you want to add about bad business ideas? We got a million of them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we'll talk about that offline as well. This is the Tin Hat Trio on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. The Tin Hat Trio on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was things that might have been. So that's appropriate for right after bad business ideas. And we've kind of have a Tin Hat Trio going this morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. We've got Tease Mallon. And Jack Graham from Living Room Theater. Good morning again, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, I uh, ask this of all of the guests, is, you know, kind of favorite bands, what kind of music do you listen to? But not only that, it's how do you how do you consume music? So you're both creative and you both have, uh, you know, you run the gamut in terms of the jobs. I know, TZ, you wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. um, in terms of what you do. <laughs> and Jack, you sort of do the, uh, what I would call, yeah, maybe stereotypical, but uh, the prof- the very professional job, you work from home for a large company, and then you do mm-hmm. the creative stuff on the side. So I'm curious about when do you guys listen to music? Is it when you're working? Is it when you're uh, in the car? And then what does music mean for you in terms of, uh, you know, inspiration, for example? So for me... Um Music is overwhelming and distracting as such. Mm-hmm. When I'm listening, I'm really listening. I rarely have anything going on in the background. Music. Oh, when you're doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M- musically, because it take kind of takes me over. I can't go to sleep like with a radio on or, or listening to music, which I've always kind of been regretful. That yeah. That's the way it is, but that's the way it is. Um, yeah. For me, yeah. Um, I like I like starting off my day kind of with a bang and so um, I'll just start blasting music to, to wake up and get energized and pumped up for my day. And it's uh, a nice background when I'm getting breakfast ready, making some tea, uh, getting my little workstation ready. Uh, I have my table that is right in front of a large window that faces my backyard. And there's a tree right outside of that window with the squirrels running up and down. And so I, I like having everything set and ready right in front of that space. And there's nothing better to get that started than like waking up with some like major laser or like some other sort of like uh, dance music, dance electronic, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Moombaton, you know, uh, just kind of fun craziness. So what about during the writing process for you, Tease, when you're uh, when you're looking at things and you're getting ready to uh, to start on a, maybe a new part of living room theater or something along those lines? The switch gets flipped and I go... I swing in a completely different direction. And then it's like Kronos Quartet, Belenescu Quartet, um, Jan Tiersen, 
Rene Aubry, like, you know, French composers. Uh, I like a lot of classical stuff. At that point, it's... Nothing n- with lyrics. Nothing with lyrics. Yeah. No, I just kind of um, need some uh, strings or, um, yeah, some modern composition that allows for thinking. Nice. Yeah, for, for me in the LRT experience, so I do play music during our shows. Mm-hmm. And I play classical guitar. Uh, there might be a jazz arrangement or two, and then I write songs. So uh, specifically for LRT or just in general? Uh, both. Both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been inspiring to have an audience uh, like that, like an L- uh, LRT audience. So some right now, it, pretty much everything's going to be written that way. Um, What's the writing process? So I've never written a song. I've written some poetry and stuff like that, but I don't play any instruments. I played oboe for one year in middle school. So for everyone who heard that in the world, (laughs) I'm sorry. Not that I played oboe, but actually me playing oboe. Playing oboe for a year, I think, is a lot of effort. Just Right. Right. I mean, I played it nonstop for one year. No kidding. Yeah. No, that was, I mean, I didn't even go to school. I was just (laughs) playing the oboe. It was awful. Aww. It was not a good idea. But what's the what's the process for writing a song for you specifically? So um, I carry them around in silence in my head for an undetermined amount of time. And so both the melody and the lyrics, or uh, mostly lyrics. Okay, uh, I've got a whole stockpile of melodies and arrangements that I'd like to have lyrics for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden I, I, I sit down and kind of just write them and usually like an hour. If I've carried it around long enough, I know what it's going to be about. It's just hard for me to say until that time. And then it happens. Yeah. Jack's pretty magical like that. Like he'll just, you know, it's like I'm writing a new song and then all of a sudden it just appears and it's there one day. It amazes me, but I don't know if it's magic. <laughs> so, but it's Is been it, stewing up yeah, there for a while. A lot of times it's, uh, real a lot of turmoil and frustration yeah. because it's still just kind of bouncing around so instead of music in the background when you're working is that what's happening so you've got sort of i'm doing a report or i'm writing an email or something along those lines do you have that going on in the background yes yeah absolutely that's interesting that's very interesting you've got a beautiful mind <laughs> he sure not does. in the not in the crazy movie way <laughs> you should see the rest of it <laughs> Well, that's good. So tell me a little bit about uh, Frank Zappa and why you chose. So I ask everybody what their favorite band or what an influential band is for them. Why Frank Zappa? When I was a child, I ran into just the weirdest record I'd ever heard and instantly fell in love with it. Frank's uh, first one, Freak Out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had a variety of stuff on there. So uh, instrumental experimentation kind of stuff, doo-wop things. Uh, I heard a lot of guitar playing that was not like anything else I'd heard before. Uh, And I continued to think that Frank was from another planet, you know, well into my late 20s. I don't think we have any proof that he isn't from another planet. Absolutely. Um, And then as as, uh, the years went by and I started hearing more and more, it it never ceased to amaze me. Um, I did like the dirty joke stuff, but I was drawn to the instrumental virtuoso arrangement side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what other so uh what other bands from there did you start listening to or were influential for you as a musician uh captain beefheart and the magic band tom waits uh then there was the jam band stuff so the grateful dead was really big mm-hmm. uh 
for me, um, the Allman Brothers. And then there was that whole Bob Dylan side of it too. John, John Bob, Prine, Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah, heard he, of him. Yeah, he wrote some folk songs. Okay. Early. Oh, Robert Dylan. I know him as Robert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just call him Bob. <laughs> you know him a lot better than I do. Very nice. And Tease, as far as um, writing goes, uh, who did you read or who was an influence on you growing up and uh, as you got into living room theater, more scripted things? Oh, wow. Um, hmm. I've always liked writers that talk about everyday life. Um, so A.M. Holmes was one that I really enjoyed. Um, i trying to think who else. E.E. E. Cummings, mm-hmm. as, as far as poetry goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, the way that um, everyday life was, was taken into account and just a particular perspective and the details in that. Um well, well, gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Dr. Seuss. Oh, Dr. Seuss. Definitely an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. You know, um, so English is my second language. Mm-hmm. I moved to the States when I was five from Mexico City, where I was born. And I didn't know English at all. I, You know, we had taken some English classes and I knew like hello and good morning and good night and that sort of thing. But it was a process, really. You know, I remember... Um, you know, being in kindergarten and not knowing the language and just that, you know, my mom and I would study together. And, you know, within a year I had pretty, you know, as, as a kid, you pick it up pretty quickly. Right. So within a year I had a pretty good grasp on it. But we used to go to the library almost every day and especially during the summer. And mm-hmm. we used to like, you know, take out a whole bunch of books and books on cassette and, you know, that sort of thing. And we would steer clear of the Dr. Seuss because, you know, just fresh off the boat, like, we had no idea what he was talking about. We're like, this is crazy. Like everybody talks about Dr. Seuss, but this makes no sense. And so we just, now we didn't like it. Once I got into high school, that's when all of a sudden I, I discovered it made sense. Yeah. Dr. Seuss and I started getting it. And then because I finally got it, it was just like a, a new source of pride and enjoyment. And, and now, you know, uh, Fox and Socks is my favorite all time. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And that's a deep insight into T. Yeah, know yeah. That or not, but yeah, yeah. She's, well, because high school was about four years ago for her too. So, oh. yeah. She was known so, as that. Ah, she was known as that person that quotes Zeus. The yeah. Zeus in high school. Zeus. Zappa Zeus and Zeus. Zeus. I like that. Uh, that should be your, from Zappa to Zeus. Yeah. Living room from theater. Zappa to Zeus. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Well, thank you for that. We're going to play another song. We're going to play some Yan Tiersen. So. One of the reasons I like to ask people what their favorite musician is or what an influential musician mm-hmm. is, is I like to go back and see if it's something that I know. And Jan Tiersen was not Frank Zappa I'm very familiar with, mm-hmm. very uh, interesting and talented uh, guy in terms of uh, everything that he's done in his life. But I didn't know, is it Jan or Jan? Jan. Jan? Jan. Okay. Jan, Jan Tiersen. She's guessing. I mean, uh, you know, what? Yeah, She's so guessing. I'm oh, yeah. guessing. I mean, you know. She well, reads this. Depends where, where, where I mean, you were at. I assume he's listening, so he can call in and let us know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yes, let's let's pretend we're really confused and need some help. Yeah, Yan Yan, <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Tiersen. Yeah. If you can call in and let us know, we're gonna play a song from you right now because we're really we're really big fans. Oh, big fan. Yeah. Uh, so this is Pern on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Oh, that ended abruptly. Jan Tiersen. Jan Tiersen. He didn't call in to let us know which it is, Jan or Jan. So we'll just go with Jan. 
on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Pern. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. Uh, we're just about done here with Jack Graham and Tease Mallon. I'm so sorry about that. Love to have you guys back at some point. <laughs> you bet. Uh, because you've been fantastic and you made the morning go by like that. <laughs> Snapping does not come through on the air. That was a weird I'm sounding still... snap in the headphones. Yeah. No, no, still really. That was better. I'm going to have to get one of those uh, boxes with just all the drop noises <laughs> yeah. and just do that. I'm a terrible Foley artist, I guess, is what I'm, I'm saying about that. So if you missed any of the interview, uh, you can go to a certain degree.com and you'll be able to listen to it a little bit later this week. Uh, and we'll have uh, a lot more plugs coming up here in a second. Talk about a lot of the different ways that you can connect with Jack and Tease, Living Room Theater, and some of the other things that they're working on. But first... I want to quiz you guys. All right. Pop culture, current event quiz. I think you're going to do very, very well. This should be interesting. <laughs> you guys are incredibly nervous. Yeah, like, pop culture are, is not my I, area. I, I love that you guys can get on stage and do a show, but, you know, somebody says pop quiz and you guys are like, oh. I'm not, it's, it's, it's not it's the, the quiz. It's yeah, it's the not topic. the quiz. It's the pop culture part. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go. Here's an easy one. What Disney character celebrated Ooh. his 83rd birthday last week? Was it? Donald Duck, was it Goofy, or was it Zach Efron? Ooh. I love Goofy. Yeah, so me too. I, just, That's, I was like, I just like yeah. Goofy. I don't know how Goofy. old he is. Uh, it was actually Donald Duck. He oh. made his screen debut on June 9th, 1934, huh. when he appeared in a uh, short called The Wise Little Hen. All right. So, so far... Not so, not so good. Not so good. At least you didn't pick Zach Efron. Yeah. So a Los Angeles area liquor store lost around $500 of inventory to what type of bird? So I think we have a bird theme going. Uh, a vulture, a condor, or a peahen? I like peahen. The female version of the peacock. Yeah. I've got to think it's a condor. A condor, which is extinct. <laughs> oh, my God. Well. So that's really Zach Efron's also extinct. Isn't he? Yes, he is. He's so, 83 years old. And you didn't extinct. tell us that there were trick answers. Peahen. <laughs> Peahen is correct. She just sort of. So basically, she sauntered in. They kind of freaked out. They had animal, um, uh, whichever, come. And they, no, no, no. They had to get her out of there. But she yeah. was just looking for a good box of wine to enjoy the latest season. <laughs> so they of threw bottles at her? Or? Yeah. No, she got up. They scared her, so she was on the floor. Uh, and then she got up on a bunch of bottles, and then uh, they tried to get her in the net oh, there. Man. And it makes for some pretty funny video. Okay. <laughs> blockbusters. Movie blockbusters. Okay. The Mummy starring Tom Cruise open this weekend. Oh, man. So Universal is creating this new cinematic universe with just monsters, just movie monsters. Okay. So which is not a monster movie that they plan to do in the future that all kind of go together. So the mummy was the first one. Is it Bride of Frankenstein, The Phantom of the Opera, or Edward Scissorhands? Oh, I just like Edward Scissorhands. You're I'm just going to pick are, my favorite they are, answer. <laughs> they are not planning to do a monster movie about one of these characters. Uh, it's got to be The Bride of Frankenstein because I'm really attracted to her and they never do the ones I'm attracted to. Okay, so you say Bride of Frankenstein, yeah, you yeah. say Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. You are correct. Yes. So they're <laughs> not... doing a Bride of Frankenstein movie. They're doing Dracula, Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Phantom of the Opera, and then Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are in there somewhere. I don't know that. Yeah. So that, it's just going to be all monster movies. That list makes me happy. I can I can deal with that. Oh, nice. 
Uh, so let's go with NASA. Uh, recently announced its pool of 12 new astronaut trainees. How many applications did they receive for the openings? Was think, it? What, uh, I mean, do you want to? I think it was 20 to 100 if we're talking about the <laughs> 20 Mars. 20 to 100 <laughs> to the Mars trip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it over 18,000 applications for those 12 spots? Over 180,000? Or were there just 24, but 12 of them were Ryan Seacrest clones trying to get back to their mothership? <laughs> um, what, what, I'm sorry. Give me the numbers again. 1,800 sure. was it? So it was 12. They had 12 spots. They received over 18,000 applications 18, or over 180,000 applications. I think I think we'll have to go for the big number, yeah. Go big or go home. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was the first thing I wanted to be when I was little, an yeah. astronaut. So yeah. So it was just over eighteen. It was about eighteen thousand three hundred. Uh-huh. Uh so five women, seven men selected from that pool. They're gonna start out in low Earth orbit and eventually go oh, on wow. to the moon and beyond. So there you go. Not bad. So so are we still at at not at zero? Uh, I think you got one or two correct yeah, yeah. after oh, I steered okay. you clear of the condor situation. <laughs> and I don't know, they might be extinct. I'm pretty sure they're extinct. <laughs> so guys, we're uh, just about at the end of the show, and I'd really like to talk about how we can interact with you a little bit more because I think what you're all about is interaction. Uh, you know, talking about living room theater Absolutely. and uh, the format that that's in. How do we uh, learn a little bit more about living room theater and how do we, um, you know, potentially book it if we wanted to? Awesome. Yeah, because we're always looking for living rooms to uh, to go perform in. So uh, if you want a show in your house or you just want to see a little bit more about what we're doing, you can go to livingroomtheater.org. And that's theater spelled E-R, not, not the other R-E. way around. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the best place to, to go. There's a little form that you can fill out to request more information about having it at your home. Okay. And you've done a lot of work in the community. We have a lot of great venues and avenues for people to go out and actually speak to the community. Mm-hmm. So you recently did Pachaka Cha. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mm-hmm. both done Orlando Story Club. There's Nerd Night. Uh, what am I missing Orlando here? Cringe. Orlando Cringe. Thank you so much. Um, one of the venues that's out there, uh, there's a few that I don't think get enough uh, airtime that I think you've worked with is Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts mm-hmm. as well. That's right. Yeah, the, they're amazing. The Blue Bamboo is a great place uh, for any kind of music, but they're also uh, doing other other uh, theater and whatnot in mm-hmm. there. Um, they're some owned by some very talented musicians that just uh, consistently blow my mind. I love I love going to the Blue Bamboo. Uh, and they're really focused on helping people uh, with a place to perform here in, in our community. Yeah, they sure are. They're about it. Yeah, and they're located here in Winter Park. Yeah, it's um, easy to find. So yeah. it's nice that it's, uh, you know, you don't have to drive for a while to get to it. It's mm-hmm. right off of I-4 at Fairbanks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Behind exactly. Lombardi's. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what about other things that we want to talk about? I know, Tease, one of the things that you mentioned was human maintenance. Yeah, human maintenance is a new program offered by the Alar Institute. And the Alar Institute is our umbrella organization that Living Room Theater is under. But human maintenance is a new sort of class program that we're doing. Uh, we meet twice, well, up to twice a week. You can drop in. Um, and basically what it is, is how can we provide some maintenance on ourselves emotionally, spiritually. How do we stay in optimal, optimal mode? Because, you know, we all know that everything in life that's, that's 
worth having requires practice, right? So whether it's, you know, keeping our bodies in shape and going to the gym, um, you know, the, the types of foods we eat to keep our bodies healthy, we also need emotional and spiritual sort of maintenance. And so I just, you know, I, I titled it human maintenance, just, you know, call it what it is. And so it's a space where um, we might meditate, we might uh, express what's on our on our hearts on our on our minds and we also might play a few games it's just a space for you to really be well emotionally speaking and where can we learn more about that or where can we learn more about the elar institute so elarinstitute.org is the place to go for that and it's e-l-a-r institute.org perfect Mm -hmm. jack anything you want to add no i think she summed it up pretty nicely there all right very good well She's we've good got that. Uh, one song left uh and so we'll just go ahead and play that tease jack thank you so much you're welcome for being here today thanks for having us you are both incredibly good looking so i just want to put that out there <laughs> uh we're on the radio so you on don't realize radio. that oh so that makes three of us then that are incredibly good looking uh-huh. that's right. right thank you yeah thank you it's yes. been super fun thanks so much Nick. all right good uh, so that's it. Um, go to the website to a certain degree.com, elarinstitute.org, livingroomtheater.org, and learn more about all of this stuff. And if you have any questions, we're all on social media. Yeah. And we'll go ahead and just disguise and smoke screen all of our stuff. Oh, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're one. not we're doing, doing that. End. Yes. All right. Very good. <laughs> uh, you're listening to WPRK Winter Park, Florida. This is Sigur Rose. Uh, this is one of their. Uh, from their untitled album, Untitled Track Number Four. Uh, and you're listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. If you'd like to learn more about Living Room Theater, visit livingroomtheater.org. That's theater with an ER. You can also visit to a certain degree.com for past episodes, future episodes, and plans for turning around various institutions such as malls and Uber. Uber? More like Kruber. Because of that crude email. That one didn't land, Nick. No, that that one didn't land. <laughs>